you guys. This is Heidi St. John. Happy Friday. You guys, we made it to Friday. Moment of silence. You made it to Friday. Today is Friday, March 2nd, and I have a ton of stuff to talk to you about today, so stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so... Before I get into the, today's topic, I want to just remind you that we have just started a brand spanking new scripture writing challenge over at MomStrong International. It's free, and I'm telling you what, uh, I was talking to some of the gals on my team, Marlene in particular, who designs this scripture writing challenge every month, and it is gorgeous. So for the month of March, over at MomStrong International, we're talking about what Jesus said when he said, my sheep hear my voice. Do you remember? Mike Pence said that he talks to God and God talks back to him. Well, that's actually how it's supposed to be. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So for the month of March, we're talking about the signs of a good shepherd. And when we talk about what it means to uh, walk with God and to walk in right relationship with our good shepherd, we also need to recognize that there are false teachers in the world. And not uh, they're not just, you know, every once in a while do we see one. They're everywhere. The church is inundated. The Christian church is inundated. The Catholic church has been inundated with false teachers. They're everywhere. People who are speaking, uh, they say on behalf of God, but they're not teaching uh, his word and they're not living lives that... Uh, that are bringing glory and honor to the Lord. And so we're going to spend the month of March talking about that. You can get the uh, the whole month of March study on false teaching by going to MomStrong International. Sign up for your uh, free account there. And then you can click on becoming a member. So you can become a member, either an annual member, or you can become a monthly member where we're going to go ahead and just do an auto renewal every month. But we want to encourage you to get into God's word with us. And not only that, it doesn't stop there, but we want to encourage you to take what you're learning and pass that on to your children. It's so important, men and women, that we that we take responsibility for what our children are learning. So this is the heartbeat behind MomStronger National, and it's my heart for you that you would see what God is doing around you and get involved in what the Holy Spirit is doing, what God is doing. God is at work in every place. Speaking of places where God is at work, I told you I had a lot of stuff to talk to you guys about. I'm going to talk fast because I'm so excited. If you haven't yet checked out the Homeschool Resource Center that my husband Jay and I uh, were privileged to open this last fall, it started on uh, the 30th, I think, of October. We opened the doors to the Homeschool Resource Center. I'm going to encourage you to go and check it out. Uh, It's the only one of its kind anywhere in the United States, and we're kind of excited about what God is doing there. And today marks the first day that Friday School, uh, the homeschool cooperative that Jay and I started Oh, for goodness sake, babe, how long ago? 10, 12, 13 years ago, something like that? We started homeschool cops and uh, in, yeah, 2005, something like that. Anyways, we can't remember, but suffice it to say, first class homeschool ministries, which is what the ministry that Jay and I ran for many, many years, had uh, over 50 homeschool cooperatives around the nation. And one of them is going to start meeting at the Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington today. So today is the first day for that. So we are really Really excited. We've got some friends in town celebrating with us. Uh, Steve and Jane Lambert are in town. If you guys aren't familiar with Jane uh, Lambert, she's the author of Five in a Row and also uh, some of our best friends on the planet. So we're excited that they're in town to celebrate that. But I want to encourage you to take a look at what God is doing in Vancouver, because even if you don't live in our neck of the woods, 
we, uh, we're we praying that God would start these all over the country and even around the world. So if someone's interested in homeschooling, they can find a homeschool resource center near them. You can find us online at firmlyplantedhomeschoolresourcecenter.org or you can short it up by doing fphrc.org. So check it out. All right, today I'm going to dive just a little bit. So we we're just we just wrapped up our study in the book of John. For those of you who have been following us over at MomStrong International, we wrapped up our our study in the book of John talking about death and how Jesus offers eternal life. Jesus said in John 11 verses 25 to 26, "I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die." Do you believe this, Martha? And so I guess I'm going to ask you guys today, do you believe this podcast listeners? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Uh, it's been an encouragement for me to watch the, uh, the, uh, the, the dignitaries and people, men and women come to see and pay their respects to uh, Billy Graham as he is lying in repose right now. Uh, I think he's on his way to the Capitol, to the rotunda, but he's been lying in repose in his home in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And Billy Graham spoke of eternal life. This is the hope of the gospel, right? This is the good news. Gospel is good news. And as believers, we have the good news, which is Jesus came to uh, to die in our place, and he offers us eternal life. And uh, death is a real issue in the culture today. And we typically deny it, we trivialize it, or we um, we sentimental, you know, we, we get all sentimental about it. Um, but we've got to start talking to our children about the truth of dying, and people uh, need to know that there's hope. And so in John 11, Jesus is at a funeral. So he's responding. So we can see how he responds to Lazarus' death uh, in verse 32 of John 11. And this is one of the most beautiful passages, I think, of the Bible, because it shows so clearly God's heart for people. So uh, remember, Lazarus is Jesus' friend, and Jesus hears about him, that he's sick, and Jesus waits. He waits. He decides not to go. And Mary and Martha knew if Jesus would just come, he could heal. Uh, he could heal Lazarus, and Lazarus wouldn't die. But instead, Jesus waited. Why? Because he knew that God was going to do something. That God was going to be glorified through the death of Lazarus. So he 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 goes to Lazarus's funeral, and in verse thirty two, it says, "When Jesus saw her weeping, so he notices his friends are weeping, and they're they're uh, wailing and they're sorrowful." And uh, because of the death of their friend and Jesus said, or the Bible says in verse 32, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Why was he troubled? Why was he mad? The Bible says a deep anger welled up in him. Why, why would he have been troubled? Well, I don't think he's upset at the family or with God. He's mad at death. Remember, this was never supposed to happen. Death was never part of God's plan. He made a perfect world and set uh, eternity in our hearts, but we sinned and we broke relationship with God and the world as God intended it to be was broken at that point. You know, I was reading, I've been reading um, the Tyndale, one of the Tyndale children's Bibles with my daughter, Sailor, who is seven. And every year I look for, you know, new resources and different ways to teach her God's word. And just a couple of nights ago, I was reading to her again, about the story of Adam and Eve, because the pictures are so beautiful in it. And the way that they tell the story is so captivating. And Sailor looked up at me and she said, would I have done that? Would I have done what Eve did? And I said, well, what do you think? 
And she, you know, she kind of paused for a minute. And at first she said, oh, no, I would never disobey God. And then you could see just her understanding of her own sin nature. And she kind of peeked up at me with this beautiful brown eyes that she has. And she said, I probably would do it. She said, Satan tricked Eve and I get tricked too. And I thought, man, it's so important our kids understand that um, they have a sin nature and the consequence of sin isn't a slapped wrist. It's ultimate isolation and separation from God. Death is the ultimate expression of sin's power and consequence. It's complete separation from everything you love. C.S. Lewis said that to lose someone you love is an amputation. And we don't often know why suffering happens and why uh, we don't know why loved ones die when they do. Certainly, our family has gone through uh, quite a bit of suffering uh, with the ac- with Bobby's accident and several other things that have happened um, uh, this last year. But we do know that uh, what we do know is that faith in Jesus is a deep resource for facing suffering and even death. And we as Christians do not face death with um, despair. We face it with hope and courage because we are comforted knowing that when we go, when we die, we're just, we're going home to heaven. We're going home to where we were meant to be. We're going to live where we, where there's no more sorrow and no more tears and no more sadness. And we're not separated from God anymore. So this is the comfort that God gives us. And Martha uh, received a ministry of truth from Jesus in that moment when he showed her who he was. Let's talk about God's comfort for just a minute, because certainly we've talked about this on the podcast before. I've had my sister on here talking about the incredible peace that passed understanding uh, when Bobby was in the emergency room and and the subsequent months of his uh, recovery from his traumatic brain injury and his broken neck. But the, the truth is our comfort has to come from Christ. And Martha comes up to Jesus first and tells him her brother died. And then Jesus comforted her with one of the most incredible truths in the gospel. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus is basically showing and sort of flexing his divinity for Martha. He's showing himself as God Almighty. He's saying, I am the resurrection and life. And this is one of those, uh, one of the seven I am statements in John. And later, Jesus will perform a miracle of raising Lazarus back to life as an illustration of this truth. And there are two resurrections in our Christian walk. The one that Martha mentions is the resurrection that will take place when Jesus returns to establish his kingdom and create the new heavens and the new earth. But the first resurrection is about a different kind of life that we can have right now. The Bible says that before Christ, you are walking dead. You guys are familiar with the walking dead? Yeah, that'd be you before Christ. That'd be you without Christ. You move and walk around, but spiritually you're dead. But when you come to Christ, he hits you with a spiritual defibrillator, right? That jolts your dead heart to life. And the raising of Lazarus serves as a metaphor for both our spiritual reality in Christ right now and our future resurrection on the last day. So it's amazing to me uh, the the love that God has for us. And Martha um, recognized that Jesus could have done it. And even in her tears, when Jesus called her name and said, come out, uh, Mary and Martha came out and they got to experience uh, seeing Jesus weeping and frustrated and angry at death. And Martha received the ministry of truth from Jesus in that moment because a deep abiding truth that Jesus offers is a comfort to our soul. Mary said the exact same words to Jesus. She said, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. But she got a different response from Jesus. Jesus gave Martha what she needed in the ministry of truth, and he's going to give Mary what she needs 
in the ministry of tears. John 11.35 is the shortest verse in the whole Bible. It is Jesus wept. And this passage just oozes the love of Jesus. When Jesus interacts with Mary, he doesn't deny her pain. He doesn't expect her to put on a face and pretend like it's okay. He doesn't say, oh, you have no idea what's coming. Watch this. and doesn't do any of that stuff. Instead, he sees Mary crying and dives into her pain. He weeps with her. He weeps with her. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus back to life, but he weeps with this family that he deeply loves. He got right in there into Mary's pain with her. It's amazing to me uh, that God has knit his heart together with ours in such a way that he experiences our pain. He cries when we cry. You experience this to a degree when you become a parent, right? You know that your heart is forever chained to that child. And, uh, you know, none of us ever really knows empathy until we have children. And it's been amazing for me to watch as my own children now are having children, how, uh, how that love is passed on from one generation to the next. And yet the God of the universe willingly has attached his heart to his children. Jesus is truly a wonderful counselor, right? Isaiah uh, verse chapter nine, verse six says that he's our wonderful counselor. And he is because when we uh, human beings try to excel at either the ministry of truth or the ministry of tears, we can often encounter suffering. When we encounter suffering, we can find it easier to either share a comforting truth or cry with the broken. So often different people need different types of comfort, right? And Jesus is our high priest who weeps with us and who soothes our deep wounds with the salve of his truth. He really is full of grace and truth. And I want to encourage you, for those of you who are walking uh, through struggling, walking through suffering with one of your kids, or maybe you're suffering or struggling right now, or you're just struggling with this idea of how could this happen in Florida? How can someone go in and take the lives of 17 people in such a callous way? Remember to talk to your kids, to engage with their pain. Not We don't sweep it under the carpet. But we remind them we have a hope, and our hope is in Jesus. Uh, We live in difficult times, and uh, certainly since the days of Columbine High School, uh, school shootings have been in the news more than anyone could have imagined. And it's easy, I think, for parents to become fearful and forget that Jesus has conquered sin and conquered death, and we don't have to be captives to that anymore. We don't have to be slaves to the fear of death, and the Bible teaches us that God has made a way for us. And so if your teen is struggling with fear or you're struggling with it, can I just encourage you, go back to John 11 and share the story of Lazarus uh, with your kids. And you, you'll, as you read it, you'll see it's a beautiful story of love, but it's also an incredible demonstration of God's power over death. And the moment that we accept Jesus as the Lord of our lives and we accept his free gift of salvation, we are assured of spending eternity with God in heaven. And this is the message of hope that the world so desperately needs to hear. I hope you guys have been encouraged as we have walked through the book of John over at MomStrong International. We're going to turn our attention to uh, a, to the topic of false teaching for the month of March. And so if you've already been a member of MomStrong International and you're doing the Bible studies with us, you will notice that there has been a pretty big shift in the format. So instead of getting weekly Bible studies, you're going to get the whole month in one. So as soon as you sign up, you'll get, you'll have access to the entire month. And what we want you to do, you'll see it's broken down into, um, into weeks. What we want you to do is just take 10 or 15 minutes every day and open up that booklet and, uh, study the word of God for yourself. The scripture writing challenge goes right along with it. And, uh, we are so excited to see 
what God does with you as you uh, point your children back to the Lord. So uh, we are starting in the book of Second Peter. So if you're doing that, the um, scripture writing challenge, you'll notice that today is Second Peter 2, verses 4 to 6. And this goes right along with the Bible study, because what we want to do is point you back to the word of God. That's where the answers are found. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So thanks for tuning in today. I realize this was kind of a lot crammed into a short little podcast. And I will see you back here on Monday, March 5th for the first week of the Bible study on false teachers and also Mailbox Monday. See you back here on March 5th. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.